Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we're in January, and January is the month that we do a deep dive and uh, look, take one book of the Bible, and we look at it, we go into deep into it. And this month, we're doing the book of Jonah. Now, most of you have heard the story of Jonah. You know, the guy that went into the water, got swallowed by a fish and then got spat out again. Heard the story? Yep. Great. Well, then let's go home. No. You're going to find out today that there's a lot more than that to this story. So, the book of Jonah talks about something that every human on the planet must confront at some point and I'm talking about the need for every human for a saviour. I'm talking about whether we live our lives on earth for ourselves, to please ourselves or if we have put God at the centre of our lives. He's not just one of the voices we listen to. He's not just one of the ideas we take into consideration when we are making decisions. He is not just one of many. He is the one. He is the centre. Now, if you believe in God today, if you consider yourself a follower of Christ, don't switch off. Because the main character in our message today is a believer. In fact, he, he's a preacher, he's a prophet, he's a man of God. And he didn't understand or know what was in his own heart until he faced this situation. Today I'm preaching chapter 1, and there are four chapters in Jonah, so that works well. So there's four weeks that we're here for January, and uh, we're going to do a chapter a week. So maybe read chapter 2. During the week, it'll take you probably 30 seconds. It's very short. But you'll be ready for next week. Okay, here we go. We're going to read the whole chapter. Jonah, chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep." The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? 
He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he'd already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher and they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault that the great storm has come upon us. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And this, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is so powerful. Lord, that your words, I pray, would penetrate into our hearts today. God, that the words that I speak would be yours and not mine. God, I pray that we'd have open hearts to hear exactly what you need us to hear today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Jonah begins with this phrase, The word of the Lord came. And this phrase is a Hebrew phrase meaning the calling of a prophet. So whenever we see this term, it's basically God calling someone to speak his will into a situation. He's calling someone to be his mouthpiece. In Jonah, when the word of the Lord came, Jonah decided he didn't want to do what God asked him to do, and he ran in the opposite direction. This here is Jonah resigning. I'm out of here. Jonah's vocation was to be a prophet. And you can look in 2 Kings, and up until this point, everything in his life was orientated towards what God had called him to be, and he was successful. But when the word of the Lord came, he said, no way, I'm not doing that. I'm going, to, I, I'm going to go off and run my life my way. I'm not going to get my identity from what you say, God. From what you've called me to, do, to be, I'm going to live my life the way I'm going to live it. I'm not going to base my life on what you've asked me to do and what you've called me to do. In Genesis, when God created the world and everything in it, it was all created with a word. True? He spoke and things were created. He called things into existence with his word. Let there be light. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And at his word it was created. Everything he creates exists for a purpose. We find our true identity only at the feet of God and from the word of God. 
Jonah heard the word of God and he said, I'm going the other way. I'm going to build my identity without the word of God. I'm going to make myself who I want to be, what I want to be. I will forge a new identity without God. And that is the very essence of sin. It's to try to build an identity apart from God. Who are you? I'm reminded of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin in John 1. He had some priests and temple assistants come to him and say, Who are you? Are you the Messiah? No, I'm not. Who are you? They said, what do you have to say about yourself? What would you say today if someone asked you? John knew who he was. He knew what he was here to do. He said, I am a voice proclaiming Jesus coming. Now, everyone must have an answer to the who are you question. But we can't get the right answer apart from God. If we try to find ourselves apart from God, our self will be unstable. We'll always need a word from the outside because we can't validate ourselves. If we don't get our validation, our identity, our center from God, from his word, we will deeply and desperately depend on all other kinds of words from the outside. We'll have to get other gods, small g. Boyfriend, friend, girlfriend, career, money, spouse. Something from outside that puts its hands on us and says, well done, you have my approval, you are fine. But if we do this, we will never be satisfied. We will always need more and more and more. Jonah ran. Verse 3 says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah ran away. From the Lord, but how do you run away from someone that's everywhere? Psalm 139 tells us, Where where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. He's everywhere. In Hebrew, that phrase running from the Lord means running from the face of God. What's that? Running from God isn't running from his presence because you can't. He is everywhere. God is everywhere. Jonah is running away relationally from God. When Moses met God in the burning bush, it was a face-to-face meeting. And that's what a relationship with God is all about. It's a face-to-face meeting. In the future, when he wanted to talk to God, did he just go back to the burning bush? No, he didn't. Because God just wasn't at the burning bush. He's everywhere. And meeting with him, is not it wasn't actually about the place. It was about having a relationship with him, having intimacy with him. 
knowing him, having an encounter with him. In this instance, for Jonah, running away means Jonah was running God out of the centre of his life. I'm not doing what you want, God. If we do this, our identity must come from something else. And whatever it is becomes our centre. Maybe it's our career. Maybe it's getting married. Maybe it's having a child. Whatever it is. If I get that validation, we're sold to it. We're enslaved to it. We've got to have it. And this prophet, he shows us that we can do all of that under all the church going, the Bible reading, the rule keeping. Underneath all of that, we can still forge an identity based on and centered not on God and what he says. And it can be good things. I've been doing this for many, many years. And it shocked me to find out when I was very close. Well, no, I did burn out. When I burned out, that my centre was not God. My centre was this. It was all of you. No. My centre was the church. And I tried to kill myself, not literally, but emotionally, to make sure that it all worked. So it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a great thing. But if it's not based and centred on God and what he says, it will end in tears. Verse 5 says this, All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Whilst the storm was raging, Jonah was sleeping. How did he do that? Firstly, he did it because he's a man. (laughs) And I don't think that's fair. Anyone else? I don't think it's fair. How can you sleep so well? Anyway, The Bible calls it a deep sleep. And it's the same word for sleep when God put Adam into the deep sleep to take the rib bone from him to make woman. In Jonah's case, this deep sleep was so deep that it was almost like amnesia because he'd forgotten who he really was. He is asleep to what God says. He is. He has other things driving him, things that are are driving him to run from what God is asking him to do. And he's running and running and running. And he's forgotten who he is. That's an uncomfortable way to live. And I know some who live that way. They're living that way right now and they're uncomfortable. And all they have to do is turn around and run back. But that takes humility. That takes... Letting up, getting other things out of the center and putting God back in. That's uncomfortable. But it's good. 
Why did Jonah run from going to Nineveh? The natural idea would be that he's afraid. Nineveh is a city full of ungodly and brutal people. You can read about it. So maybe he's scared. He's scared to go and tell them to repent. I would be. He's afraid that they won't repent and they'll kill him, maybe. If we look forward to chapter 4, Tim, I'm taking your thunder for a moment. Tim is preaching chapter 4. We see that this isn't true. Jonah ran not because he was afraid that they would repent. He was afraid that they would. Now that's interesting. Jonah didn't understand grace. He didn't understand that the things in his heart that were driving him to run from God, and that right there is the main message of chapter 1. Jonah had things in his heart that were driving him to run from God. So how about us? Do we know our heart? Well, I've always gone to church and, and I've always been a good person. I live for Jesus. What are we living for? It's a good question to ask ourselves because there is a competitor in every one of our lives for the centrality of our heart. And if we don't know what that competitor is, we don't see the struggle for what is fighting for our heart. We don't really know our heart. And I have found over the years that that competitor changes. When I was young... It was to fit in. I would do anything to fit in. To be in the, on the in group. To have someone include me. That was the competitor. That drove me. And then it was recognition. Recognize me. Title, success. What is it? Have you heard stories and been surprised because you've heard of good people living a good, decent Christian life and suddenly they do terrible things and they don't understand it? I have. Maybe it's because something else got into the central place of their heart and they're trying to get their identity from that. And it blew up. So in an attempt to try and get their identity back, they begin to do what they never thought they would do. They're trying to build their self without God. As I've already said, I've been doing this for a lot of years, over 30 years. And I'm so thankful for the people that are here, but I am so sad for the people that aren't, who have lost their marriage, their children. You know, the things that matter. We find in this story that Jonah, this prophet, this man of God, he still needs a transformation of identity in his core. We all need that. He needs to experience the grace of God and the love of God and let those be the things that drive his life. And God gets him there. Thank you, Jesus. And he wants to get all of us there. He gets him there not by making him a better person who does good deeds. 
but by radically converting him, by transforming him and showing him his grace and his love. And that's what the rest of the book is about. Let's read verse 8. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what people are you? Wanting to know. Come on, what's going on here? The sailors begin to realise what Jonah has done and they ask him identity questions. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? And Jonah's starting to wake up. He's starting to get it. He answered, I'm a Hebrew, verse 9, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He's waking up from his deep sleep. He's starting to realise again who he is. Some of us, God wants to wake us up this year. Yes. He's starting to realise he needs to stop running from God. So he says to the sailors, God's not after you, he's after me. Throw me into the sea. Jonah doesn't start to obey God until the storm comes. That's a popular message, isn't it? Who's feeling encouraged right now? God does not send every storm. That is crazy. doesn't happen. But he does send some. He does send some storms. And even though Jonah doesn't know what's going to happen in the storm, if he continues to run from the storm, he will drown. He will go down. If he turns and says, God, I'm going to do the right thing, that's when he's safe. That's interesting, isn't it? He thinks he's going to die, but he starts to obey God anyway. He obeys God anyway. I'm here to tell some of you, when God asks you to do something and you're in a storm and the storm is just going around and around and you don't know which way is up and which way is down and you can't work it out, but God has told you to do something, don't keep running. Run back. Obey God anyway. In the storm, you realise Everything is wrong. You don't even know what to do. You start to seek God. You don't run anymore. You run back to God and trust him in the storm. Come up, guys. Jonah has himself thrown into the storm. But to his shock, there is love beneath the waves. There is love beneath the waves the fish swallows him and that's God saving him because he's willing to face the music whatever you require of me God I will do no excuses no excuses I surrender God I ran away from you but I'm coming back I surrender God I put you center front and center Jonah throws himself in. He finds love and grace in that storm. And that's next week. That's the message in chapter 2. That's next week. Years later, Jesus is on earth. And he's talking to the religious leaders, the Pharisees. 
And he says this to them. He says, the only sign I will give you is the sign of Jonah. Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a fish. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus is the true Jonah who went into the ultimate storm and no one caught him and no one saved him and he sank and he did it for you and he did it for me. And when we know that and when we accept that, it will transform our identity. And we can't do it for ourselves. You know, it takes courage to accept the love of Christ, to accept that I am so loved, He wanted to die for me. You are so loved, He wanted to die for you. There is love beneath the waves. Our response is to obey and give ourselves to Him. Because you won't drown. It might look like you're going to drown, but I can tell you, you won't drown. Because there is one who drowned for you and he did it willingly so that you don't have to. As I says, we, we walk through the waters and we won't drown. He did it for us. Jesus. So. We are going to pray a prayer soon. A prayer that we invite you to join with us to pray. If you would like to commit your life to Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with him, but you would like to change that today. You'd like to ask him to come into your heart. We're going to pray a prayer out loud together. Maybe you're here and you know God is calling you to obey Him in some way, to surrender in some way, to put Him front and centre again, recenter your heart. As we move into 2023, I mean, every day is a great day to do this. Because there are other things that have been pulling you away. There are other things that have been knocking on your heart and saying, you need me to be important. But it's actually, no, no, it's him. It's Jesus. So I'm going to give you, just encourage you that in this time, why don't you talk to God about that while I pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that is right here, right now this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your presence is washing over people here today. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the true Jonah, that you died for us. I thank you, God, that our identity comes from you, from your word, from who you've made us to be and what you've made us to do, God. 
Thank you, Father. I pray for people in this room right now who need a fresh touch, who are coming back and recentering their heart on you. Lord, if there are things that are pulling us in a direction that is not where you want us to go, I pray that you would speak clearly right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch we're going to pray a prayer right now, and I invite you, if you would like to ask Jesus into your life, to pray out loud with us. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for dying for my sin. Forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart. I choose to live for you. Help me to follow you for all my days. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.